Real Talk with Grace Redman features conversations with fierce and fabulous people from Grace's community and circle who inspire others with their stories of overcoming challenges to create amazing. Grace is an entrepreneur and success coach who works with individuals to diminish their negative mental chatter, boost their confidence, achieve their goals, and increase their prosperity mindset. Get ready for a series of Anything Goes Conversations with remarkable men and women that will get you jazzed for life's unlimited possibilities of success, freedom, and fun. Welcome to Real Talk with Grace Redman. Hey, everyone. I am so excited to be here today with Blanche Shaheen, one of my favorite people. Blanche is a TV host, journalist, turned cooking show host, cookbook author, and blogger. She was the host of the PBS independent film documentary show, Video Eye, for 10 years, an on-air correspondence on ABC, a tech reporter for G4 Television, a producer at CNN, and news anchor for Link Media's program, Mosaic World News of the Middle East. Blanche now focuses on her passion for preserving Middle Eastern recipes and culture through her YouTube show called Feast in the Middle East. Her goal has been to break down stereotypes of Arabs, humanize Palestinians, and inspire dialogue between the Middle East and the West. Her instructional cooking videos share heirloom recipes, which are amazing that her Palestinian family has passed down to her through the generations, as well as modern shortcuts for today's busy cook like myself. She is a food columnist for Silicon Valley newspapers and the national syndication called Arab America, a cooking instructor and author of the cookbook Feast in the Middle East, which I have right here and I love. Her YouTube channel, Blanche TV, has over 60,000 subscribers, and her show has been featured on Virgin American Airlines, In-Flight Entertainment, NBC News, and BBC International. So I am so excited, Blanche, to be here with you today. Wow, what an intro. Thank you, Grace. I'm honored to be with you. I absolutely adore you. So <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, I'm also excited to celebrate you because I just found out that you are going to be a food columnist for the San Jose Mercury News. Yes, yes. That was a nice uh, surprise. Nice, uh, especially in light of how things were going in 2020, to be able to spread the message of our food and a new platform is always great. And the Mercury News has always been one of my favorite papers. So I'm excited. That, that's super exciting. And congratulations to you. Really very, you. very you know, exciting. So tell me, how did you start your career in journalism? Or was journalism always a dream of yours? You know, how, how did you get started in journalism? You know, I always say pay attention to what little children do when they have a passion about something. Always pay close attention because I used to use my mom's spatula as a microphone and create news stories for the neighbor's kids. And because uh, I wanted to be a journalist from wee little from when I was probably since I was five and my mom said I'd do monologues in front of the mirror for hours about politics, but I spoke Arabish. Uh, an amalgamation of Arabic and English and I and and I put a little political buzzwords in between my mom was like my daughter what's wrong with what's wrong with my daughter you know I love so it. it started from childhood no doubt about it now do you remember what inspired you like why you wanted to be a journalist was like there was there an impactful moment 
Yeah, well, several. I mean, you know, my parents back in the day, people actually watched television news, unlike today, uh, and they would always watch and say that the everyone was full of lies about the Middle East, and they would, you know, what Arabs do, they would throw a slipper at the TV, like they can't take it anymore. And I thought, you know, when you're a kid, you see everything in a sort of black and white way. And I thought, well, if the TV is is telling lies, I'm gonna go work there and tell the truth. Mm. And so that, you know, as a child with that kind of innocence, that's what I really want to set out to do from that age. And so it, it developed into becoming like a newspaper editor in high school and then internships out of college and then working for several TV stations. And so I just did it the grunt way, you know, like the, the, the thankless sharpening pencils for the producers at 11 o'clock at night kind of stop, you know, like sometimes it was degrading, but I'm like, I'm not going to well, let anything get in the way of my dream. So oh, it, that's usually, I feel like how most careers start, you know, we don't get, you know, to the top of the mountain um, from the beginning. So starting when you have that drive and passion, that's why you're so open to start, you know, like what you call the, the grunt work, but is it really the grunt work? or are those really the stepping stones? You bring up an excellent point. They are the stepping stones. Like it teaches you grit and how to work hard. And I think sadly that's kind of lost today. I feel like there's a lot of entitlement today where people want to step from, you know, from go to zero to a hundred in the matter of a year, where in reality, mm -hmm. I started working my first internship. Uh, let's see, I didn't, between my first internship and my first television gig on camera it took five years, five years of behind the scenes grunt work. Well, that's what you said behind the scenes. And yeah. I believe that's what it takes. Cause you're right. Like we can't just go from zero to a hundred and it, you need to have all of those stepping stones because that's how you learn and you create experience and, and wisdom to be able to step into those roles five years later. You would know as, as a, in your profession, you've seen that through the trajectory trajectory of the people that you help right probably right. That makes total sense yeah and I've seen it for myself too like just the like you said the trajectory of getting from here to here I can't get from here to here in, in a moment it takes time it does it really does and so what would you say so you know being in journalism and then moving into how, how did you make the transition from journalism into creating your own amazing you know YouTube channel and cookbook and feast in the Middle East yeah, well, uh, at first there was no way, like if you told me even 10 years ago, or more than 10 years ago that I would be into cooking today, I would think you're crazy. But what happened was uh, I had my second child and it was hard to juggle like this really, I mean, I would work sometimes 12 hour days plus mm -hmm. I moved, it would entail a two hour commute. And, and YouTube has sort of democratized at that time, not anymore, but at that time uh, it democratized media so that anyone can jump on board. And I noticed that Middle Eastern food was hugely popular. Restaurants were buzzing, they were doing great. People love Middle Eastern food, but yet nothing was represented on Food Network. Sadly, a lot of ethnicities aren't represented on Food Network. They really stick to sort of that like Southern, Mm -hmm. style food or Italian maybe and that's about it so I'm like well let me just launch a cooking show for my kitchen and a lot of people thought it was crazy except my immediate family so all I needed really was my immediate family to just sort of support me give me that kick in the pants and then it, it enveloped from there but I wanted to preserve the recipes as a journalist 
the most meticulous way I could because I wanted to pass it down to future generations. I just didn't realize it was going to be like a global generation. It's not just my family. It's like global now. So it's oh, very it's you've done incredible. And, uh, you know, I, I have my own copy, my autographed copy. Yeah. <laughs> and let me tell you, I mean, this book, this book is honestly, it's incredible. The pictures, the writing, the heart and soul. I mean, I can tell that you really put so much you know, effort into this. And it's one of my, you know, my favorites. I mean, I use it all the time. And I just look, I mean, I just love looking at the pictures too. You didn't. Yeah, I, I had to make sure, you know, uh, putting the pictures in was going to be a tremendous investment. And I knew it was going to cost a, t a ton more to the point where I would break even publishing it. But I'm like, I'm going to do, I'm going to go big or go home. I better do it the right way and make it, make, make it like completely what I want it to be or else not do it at all. So I, well, that means the world to me that you like the pictures. Yeah, girl. I mean, you did. You you did go big with this. It's 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 gorgeous and every you know the pictures, the recipes, and the stories are really beautiful too. So at the end, we'll definitely let our audience know where they can pick up you know their own copy of the cookbook. You. So, you know, journalism going into your own channel. I mean, there are, we're going to face a lot of challenges. What would you say was your greatest you know challenge? And how did you overcome it? Um, there's a lot of challenges. Uh, one was technology. I had to teach myself how to edit. So in the beginning, I hired editors and I realized, boy, this is going to be really expensive. And I don't know if I could maintain that. So technology was one. Uh, second was just getting the work out there. People think that social media is so easy, but there really is a lot of legwork to promote your material because at the end of the day, you can have the most amazing show ever, but if you don't know how to promote it, it's just gonna sink in a black hole. So that was challenging. Also as challenging was people's, uh, it's so funny, Grace. Like when I first started, people never saw me as a cook. They're like, you're a journalist. What do you know about food? And now that I'm so knee deep in this, they're like, you're all about food. What do you know about journalism? <laughs> so the, their perspective. <laughs> I get like people challenging me about stuff. You're like, Sh just stay in your lane, you know, just stick to cooking. I'm like, hello, I was a journalist for 15 years. Like it's in my blood. Once totally. that's been, you can't take it out. You know what I'm saying? So that's been kind of weird juggling these like crazy different hats for sure. And so how do you overcome, you know, the, the projection and perception of, you know, of, of people that are like, Hey, what are you doing? You're, you're, you're not a cook, you're a journalist, or you're not a journalist, you're, you know, a cook, what are you doing? How do you overcome that? The way I overcome it is to try to be the very best I can be. Right. So when I was a journalist, you know, I have multiple journalism awards. I'd be happy to show, I'd show them to people just to say, Hey, look, the Associated Press gave me an, you know, but I mean, that's just like been there, done that. Now that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm teaching, I'm a cooking teacher even, you know, and, and I work with chefs and uh, we communicate, you know, face to face and, and work together harmoniously. And I mean, I say like, look at the bulk of my work between my articles and my teaching and my, you know, just everything, my body of work and my cookbook, all of it together. I, I'm not afraid to put in the, the heavy, heavy work. 
and each one I've committed 10 years to this cooking project and 15 years to journalism. So mm -hmm. I would hope after this many thousands of hours, <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I can persuade something. I know a thing or two about what I'm doing. You know? Well, I mean, no, absolutely. You are definitely, you know, a professional and I love how you integrated the journalism, you know, into the cooking because I, I, I read, you know, your posts um, when you're doing your recipes and you really take us, you take us there. And it's like when I'm reading it, I'm like, oh my God, that sounds delicious. And you tell us a little bit about the, you know, the background of the dish. It's like, I love how you've melded and merged your journalism, you know, with, with the cooking, with the channel, with the cooking channel and the cookbook. Yeah. I mean, and that's what I recommend for everyone. Like no one is one dimensional, right? Everyone might have at least two or three interests that they're really passionate about and try to bring them together any way you can. So for me, I love doing research, deep dives, whatever it is, I do a deep dive. You know, I don't want to just, I want to know where is this from and how did it come to be? And how does it relate to my family? How do I make it relatable to people? Mm -hmm. And so like you bring up a good point, it can be done. You know, yeah. once you have the depth and breadth of knowledge and you bring it together, it definitely can be done. Absolutely. Which brings me, I mean, I know that journalism is your passion and cooking. And what's another passion of yours that you can share with us that we may not already know? That's a good question. I love dancing. Ah. <laughs> you know, I haven't, I haven't had a TikTok, but oh, and nutrition. And that kind of goes hand in hand too. So uh, you know, before COVID, I was a I was a dance fitness teacher and I also taught boot camp for since 2013. So it was a real abrupt blow when I couldn't like see my students and dance with them and or or work out with them. And I'm just like, oh my God, this part of me still feels empty, you know? Uh, and so the nutrition aspect is very much still alive. I've always been obsessed with nutrition. And so that's why when I do my cooking, I try to make it healthful. I try to give background information about the food and how it can benefit people. And so um, that's how everything sort of ties in together. But th those are definite, definitely my other huge passions that you don't see too much of on camera. Well, I love that because maybe you know or this or don't. I love dancing. I love, love Zumba. And I always had it in my mind to visit one of your classes. Um, and then COVID. when I come back. Yeah, so <laughs> definitely. I would love to dance with you one day because I, I love to I love to dance. I love music. I love fitness. So that's definitely, you know, something that we have in common. Definitely. So what would you say is your greatest personal achievement? My personal achievement would be, I mean, most, I hate to sound cliche, but definitely my kids, like having my kids, you know, that's not cliche, girl. <laughs> well, you know, cause it's, it's, it, parenting is the hardest job I've ever had. And when you see their triumphs and you see how they, when their accomplishments are mine, you know, when they achieve greatness, when they, when they have a happy day, I have a happy day. And it's just like, I mirror whatever they're going through. I, I'm like a severe empath. So when somebody's going through something, I'm in it with them. You know what I mean? And to see them flourish like this has been tremendously rewarding. I mean, not going to say there aren't the tough times, definitely. But when you can turn a tough time into a something positive, it's even that much. I cherish it that much more. So that definitely that would be my greatest achievement on the family front. Yeah, I, I can totally relate to that because for, that's the same for me, you know, businesses, no businesses. My greatest achievement, you know, have been my children as well. So I can, I can totally, um, you know, relate to that. And it doesn't matter 
what other what else I accomplished in this lifetime, they're always going to be, you know, my greatest achievement. So I could totally relate to you on that. And it's, it's not cliche. Okay. <laughs> so you, you've done so much, you know, so many, you know, awards and just you've done amazing things. What would you say is your greatest professional accomplishment? Um, professional accomplishment for one would be that cookbook because I put 10 years of blood, sweat, and tears into that. And I never thought it was going to happen. Uh, and it was funny that the one time I realized I was going to make it happen was I was on a flight from the Middle East and I was watching a documentary about Coldplay. And uh, I was, and it was about Chris Martin. I, I like Coldplay, but the, the lead singer, just sort of seeing how he started singing in school and he was just in the band with his friends messing around. And then he became this incredible like musician and that he had hardships and he had people saying horrible things about him and how he overcame that. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to do this. This is it. When I land, when this plane lands, I'm not going to talk about my cookbook anymore. I'm going to do everything I possibly can to learn about publishing, to learn about pho photography. I'm going to do this. <laughs> so definitely that. And also being able to be on four different television network shows in a fifth market in the country as an Arab American, which let me tell you, that has its own share of problems when it comes to being in media. Um, that to me, those two were my, my, I think, favorite accomplishments. Yeah, that's huge. And thank you for breaking barriers because you're right. I'm sure it's not easy to be an Arab American, you know, journalist and you did it. Uh, you know, like you said, it wasn't just one network. It was many networks and you have a wonderful career. So I applaud you and I commend you for that. Really, I mean, that's, that's something to really, you know, be proud of and breaking those barriers. Thank you so much. Yeah, I remember like sometimes interviews, I'd be there and they're like, so what kind of a last name is that, you know, and they wanted, and I'm just like, is that really allowed in interviews? Like, I can't tell you how many times people are like, well, so where are you from? So where are you really from? You know, and it's just so annoying. <laughs> You know what's so funny? I mean, I, I would get that all the time, you know, as well. And I find it, um, and I always felt, you know, um, it was a great opportunity for me to, you know, educate, you know, people on, you know, who we are, where we come from, and that we really, you know, aren't ter all terrorists. So I always found it as a great opportunity, you know, to share because I'm like, what do you mean? Where am I from? So yeah. It was always a nice opportunity to 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 share, you know, a little bit of our of our background. That's true on a grassroots so, level, no doubt about that. For yeah, sure. totally. So now, as you look back, you know, you you've you've come this far. What would you tell your eighteen year old self? That's a great question. What I would tell my eighteen year old self is that you are going to arrive at many obstacles that when you choose something that you're very passionate about, it can be a roller coaster ride, but stay on the roller coaster. Don't get off, you know, stay on there. Go through your fears, your anxieties, your setbacks and stay on because in the end you will have accomplished getting on that roller coaster, the ups and downs. And then when you're done, 
you will have accomplished a lot. And that, that has definitely been my career. When you choose something like this, it's never a, a steady, like I, I actually used to be envious of people that had these careers where they're like, oh, I worked this job 30 years. It's so rewarding and it's so great. And I have a pension and I, and you know, all these like amazing, and I'm like, wow, I just can't identify, <laughs> you know? It's like layoffs. Okay, let's get back up. Oh, another layoff. Okay, let's, you know, oh, we're letting you go because of that, you know, like, stuff happens and you just have to hang in there and be tenacious is mm. what i would tell my 18 year old self tenacious that's 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 a great word yeah, yeah. which brings me like you said there's going to be ebbs and flows and ups and downs and life is a roller coaster and we're going to i don't like to use the word, word failure because i feel like in failure there's always opportunity but we're gonna you know fail and go up and down so going through those times, what do you think kept you grounded? Like, how did you stay grounded and cope? Because a lot of people give up. Right. Well, I'm, I'm, a, I, it's my faith for sure. You mm. know, like sometimes there's, you know, there's a saying worry ends where faith begins. Amen, girl. <laughs> so worry ends where faith begins. For me, that holds very true. Like, and I would tell myself, you know, maybe it's just not the time for this right now. You know, I've had some close calls where my life could have taken a spectacular path, but it didn't, you know, and I still regret it to this day, but then I ground myself and I say, you know what, I, maybe if I did take that path, something bad would have happened, or maybe who knows, who knows what, what life could bring. And so sometimes you just have to say, it wasn't my time then, maybe it'll be my time in the future. Maybe life is going to hand me something totally different. I never expected, which has happened. I have given, been given opportunities that I'm like, Whoa, where did this come from? You know, like, modeling was one of them i mean i had like a modeling career starting in my 30s and that was handed to me out of nowhere i wasn't like oh i want to be a model it just was it just happened you know what i mean tell us more so, about that like you said opportunities come that you don't accept. like tell us like a, that story that's that's right. amazing i know so what, what happened was i had my uh photos taken you actually know the photographer <laughs> i recommended the photographer to you and I got them done for my portfolio for my website because I'm like, I'm going to make this slick website so that any TV station will want to hire me right away. And it did serve its purpose. Like right after that website, I got hired by ABC. But that's another thing. So anyway, so I took these photos and the photographer behind my back went and gave them to a modeling agent. And then uh, and then the model agent said, I'd love for you to come in. And, and I'm like, nah, this is a bunch of baloney. This is like one of those Barbizon like scams. And the, the photographer is legit. Like he does fashion portfolios all day. He's like, no, no, this is not, she's re the real deal. She's amazing. I highly recommend. And so I went and uh, she signed me on. Wow. And so that developed into over a decade of a relationship. She's a spectacular woman. And and that, that was like a whole nother, you know, just gift. Sometimes life, yeah. you know, you have to think, okay, this got taken away from me, but maybe there's a gift waiting for me somewhere else, you know, of experiences that I never imagined. 
absolutely. I, I completely, I, I agree with you. I believe exactly that, that worry ends where, you know, faith begins. I absolutely believe that everything in divine time and we do create, you know, our lives, which brings me like having that gift opportunity of modeling. Was that ever in your mind? Like, how did that come about? Did you ever think about it? And was it a stepping stone to something else? Yeah, yeah. Well, for sure. Like I, I, I had thought about it uh, growing up because I'm quite tall. People are always like, oh, you should model. You should model. And I thought, well, I would love to model. But boy, those girls are like my height and weigh 100 pounds. And I'd have to starve myself beyond emaciation. You know, those runway girls, they, I mean, they're like in another league of thinness, right? Let's not let's not mess around. And I knew my bone structure. Like I, I always was an athletic, more athletic build, muscular build. And I'm like, no, I, I don't know if that's it for me. You know, I can't even come close to that. But this, what this opportunity was, she told me there's a whole other facet called commercial modeling where you don't have to be bone thin. Bone thin is for the runway models and commercial modeling. I mean, you could be a, a different age, a different body type, like, so it's more inclusive. And so that's where I was like, oh, okay, that's great. You know, I never would have thought of that before, but people had told me growing up all the time that I should model, but I just never took them seriously because I thought that's not the path for me, you know? But somewhere there, you know, that, that, that image was there and it just, yeah. what a gift to have had that opportunity. Exactly. Now, do you feel that that opportunity led you to kind of stepping stone into what you're doing now? Because that yeah. exposure and the Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it led me to several commercials, which, you know, ent entails speaking in front of the camera, acting in front of the camera. Sometimes you have to act without speaking. So, uh, which I loved any opportunity where I can get practice in this craft of communication, whether verbally or non-verbally, I think is great. So uh, for sure, like it definitely led to other opportunities that I really cherished. So. I love it. I mean, you're so multifaceted and have such an amazing and interesting story. We love you. I'm so happy to have had this time with you today. Thank and you. I have one final question for you. Sure. What's something you can tell us that we don't know about you? Hmm, something, you know, uh, that I'm a major jokester. <laughs> like, I mean, I've had my sense of humor come out here and there. But when I get real, I get real. Like people that really, really know me know that I'm just a very silly person. <laughs> I, I love it, be, girl. I can be a very, very silly person. And I and part of my goal is to kind of bring that side of my personality out more. It's hard for me to break that shell, believe it or not. Even after all these years, there's that professional side that wants to always override the silly side. But I'm like, you know, especially right now with what everyone's going through, sometimes you need to like just... You know what yeah. I mean? Like, just let loose, not be rigid, not be so wrapped up in work and just like, let bring others into your joy. If you have joy, like let it out and bring others into it. And so that's kind of what I want to do more of. Oh, hundred percent. I'm hundred percent because when we are having fun and being silly and we're in a place of joy, our energy is much lighter and funner. And then we can really, you know, attract more, you know, to us. And mm -hmm. I can relate because, you know, being, you know, working corporate for so long, I'm really enjoying this, you know, new, new career or, you know, new outlet because I, same thing like you, I want to bring out the fun and the silliness. You're, you froze for a second. I'm so glad. Oh, damn. <laughs> 
I'm saying I'm with you on the fun and the silliness because it helps raise our vibration and it's it's really about feeling good. And when we feel good, we you know we we attract more. Absolutely. So I. Can you tell us where we can find you and Feast in the Middle East, where they can yes. can pick it up and yes. where they can find you? Yeah, so uh, if you just go to feastinthemiddleeast.com, you can find the book right there. If you just click on cookbook and it'll have the order form and all that good stuff, it's right there. If you want to see me on YouTube and all the live video cooking tutorials, it's youtube.com slash Blanche TV. So B-L-A-N-C-H-E TV and on Instagram at Blanche Media. So I'd yeah. hope to see you there. And if you find me here from Grace, say hello. And I'd love to, if you have any questions, I'd love to, to help you any way I can. Perfect. Thank you so, so much for being here with me today. It was so fun. And I even learned, you know, some new things about you today. So thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing. And I definitely look forward to continuing to see you. And I'd love to have you back, you know, one day to tell us more. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, Grace. I'm honored that uh, I'm here and I really see big a big future in your podcast. I'm excited to see the other guests you're going to have in the future. Honey, thank you so Thanks. much. I really appreciate you and we'll definitely, you know, collaborate again in the future. All right. Thank you guys. So. Thank for, you for sure. <laughs> thank you guys for watching and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Take care. Hey love, thank you so much for listening today. I am so grateful for you. I'd like to show you my appreciation by gifting you a free forgiveness self-hypnosis audio download. Part of living the fun and fabulous life is practicing forgiveness. Forgiveness can be such a long and challenging process. My intention is that this forgiveness audio will help you in practicing forgiveness, especially with yourself. Grab it by visiting daretoachieve.com backslash forgiveness. For more inspiring tips, make sure to connect with me on social media. Drop me a line on Facebook or Instagram at Grace Redmond Dare to Achieve. Until next time, keep moving forward towards living your fabulous life.